0: This is a unique podcast exploring the criminal justice system and those involved and affected will educate and expose the public as well as potential jurors to what takes place behind the scenes of those who are facing the system. Your host owns a litigation support firm called Justice Technology Professionals, and he works on criminal and civil cases offering support to defendants and counsel. What you're about to hear is an open dialogue opening the minds to the public to what takes place in reality as opposed to what you think takes place ladies and gentlemen welcome to the justice tech pros podcast here's your host dominic crea
1: hello listeners hope everybody enjoyed their day today i'm doing a little late night impromptu episode Uh, I had no plans of doing an episode, but I saw something today, recently, that was quite um, disturbing to me, and I wanted to see how I could cover it and make it an episode where it could be just something for the audience to think about and something for the audience to be aware of. Um, What I'm going to show today is a little bit, not a little bit, it's quite disturbing, Uh, so I just want to warn everybody, if you want to call it like a disclaimer. Uh, to disturbing, uh, some disturbing images. And I'm going to explain what I'm showing and I'm going to get into why I'm showing it. And this episode is really going to be about how far can these lying informants go. And that's really what it's all about. It's about how far can the degeneracy go. I've pointed out and I've seen personally so many lie at the expense of others, put innocent people away based on lies because they don't want to be uh, accountable for their own, wrongdoings this is a another level of, of hitting rock bottom what I'm gonna show you and what I'm gonna talk about um, I don't like to get personal where I talk about uh, I, I talk about names and things of that nature I'm gonna keep it as general as I can especially because the majority of my office uh, of my um, listeners and subscribers aren't really familiar with different genres and what goes on and, and, and what people do in different genres so I, I try to appeal to the public each and every time as if they're trying to understand something from scratch trying to understand the chain of events so they have a clear picture of what I'm trying to convey and today what I'm trying to convey is the point that as we know and I've spoken about and was one of the reasons for the we push back movement there has been an influx of lying informants on YouTube Uh, podcasts and also other podcasts, really making the the tour of fame, I like to call it, where they try to get famous by doing all these different shows, doing all these different interviews, going on as many shows, rewriting history, telling lies, making themselves look like the craziest, toughest person in the world and everybody else is a loser. And to follow up with that, as if that wasn't bad enough, now you have an instance which I'm going to show you what some of the family members of the defendants go th- go through. What I'm going to show you today is an example of how low these lying informants will go. Now, this specific example, this is not the first time this, this lying informant has acted in this manner. From what I have understand, <clears throat> he is being sued by um, an individual for things of this nature, for putting up memes, I generate a lot of memes on social media, including Instagram, uh, painting this person in horrible light, uh, slandering them, attacking them. So they're in litigation for that. I don't know the details. It's not my business, but uh, that's pretty much the basis of it. This, there was an existing issue where lying informant was pretty much tormenting uh, somebody and that person had enough and decided to take it the legal route. To get some justice that in that way, and just to really hold people accountable. Now, what I'm going to show you today is some more memes have been put up on social media on Instagram, and these memes have reached a new level of low. Uh, th- there's really hard any words that I can use on here to describe it. I have a lot of colorful language I'd like to use to describe it and to describe these people. But I don't want to do that on here. I try to keep things as, as clean as I can, language-wise, and that's just uh, my style. Uh, trust me, I could curse like the best of them uh, in my private life and with my friends. I'm sure I drop some, some uh, colorful language, but on here, I try to keep that out. Um, with that said, again, I'm gonna warn you, what I'm gonna show you is very disturbing on, as a father, it's extremely disturbing, and as a human being, Anybody with a conscience would find this disturbing. Uh, what this is is I'm gonna show you four horrible images. Okay, and I'm gonna explain the context of it. What we have here is on Instagram you have a page called Mob Rats Revenge 2. What they decided to do on this page is take somebody's brother who was deceased, tragically, this Poor little boy lost his life. He was 12 years old in a tragic uh, bike accident. He was on a bike and he got hit by a car and um, lost his life. Uh, I can't think of anything more horrific. My heart goes out to the family, always. And uh, so what this degenerate decided to do, um, this lying informant decided to take this person and put memes together using their images they decided to take this little boy put his face this is I blocked all that out because I don't believe in showing the faces or the names um, but I'm gonna start with this image I blocked this uh, the boys face was here the boy who who's unfortunately deceased and I put the deceased child's picture this is the um, brother of the individual I was talking about that's currently in litigation suing a lying informant for similar memes this is that same individual this is their this is their brother and uh this is what they're doing to torment the family so now this lady's mom has to see this image now remember what does this lady do to warrant this well she decided to not deal with having her family lied upon she decided to to start a platform. She's also a member of we Push back. She has her own podcast, her own platform. And she decided to use that platform to call out the lies and to stick up for her family. So I guess these lying informants are so offended by that because they were the only ones who were allowed to be on, on YouTube. They were the only ones allowed to bash family members, abuse family, abuse defendants, abuse anybody they want, make up lies about defendants make themselves look in the best light and make everybody else look like a piece of garbage uh, they're allowed to do that now for defendants family member or somebody who cares about them or defense team wants to speak up about it and say no you're lying about this you are lying about that and kinda offer another side to those things this is what they're subjected to okay so now this lying informant decided they don't like this person talking they don't like this person calling out lies or talking about them whatever it may be the same way now remember they've been on podcasts for years Bashing people playing tough guys playing paper gangsters crazy They'll kill everybody, you know all their war stories right for years episode after episode I've yet to find an episode where they don't abuse somebody in one way or another whether it's a defendant or a friend or a friend of the defendant or family member so They're allowed to do that somebody comes out and wants to defend their family wants to talk about their story talk about what they know to be true give their side of things and this is what they're subjected to so now you have this poor deceased child and as I said he tragically died on a motorbike so what do these low-lives do they put him on a meme on a motorbike they put his name here it says his name takes a ride and then they show the aftermath in a disgusting repulsive way. There's blood on the floor. There's the tape. I mean, it's even horrible to even describe. I even don't even like describing it. I feel, I feel weird even describing it, to be honest with you. And it almost makes me second guess if I should even cover this, but I feel it's so important. And I feel the way I'm doing it, I'm going to be as respectful as possible. I'm blocking out names and blocking out faces. So I think I'm going to do it justice. And uh, I I think I'm doing the right thing. It feels right. I hope I'm doing the right thing. I think it's very important for the public to see what goes on, what family members have to endure, even after their loved one is put away uh, and is in jail. And now we have another image, and here they put this poor little boy's face again. I blocked it out. They have somebody driving. I don't know who that was. Um, His name went here, and it said, this person goes for a ride. So what are they insinuating, right? Degenerate low life. Now over here, you have the actual this is um this the defendant, there was a defendant, a high profile defendant. This is their daughter and um they decided to take the daughter, put her in this image. Uh, I took her face out, of course. They have their Obviously, showing that this person's a junkie, shooting up heroin or whatever, they're in like what looks like a crack then just really trying to abuse uh, and torment this person. And I put defendant's daughter because this person is a um, uh, unfortunately, their father uh, was involved in uh, high profile cases and went away to jail and passed away while serving time, and so they took this defendant's daughter and they put her in there. And, and, and a lot of the times I feel they do that if somebody, if a defendant has a big name, they'll try to attach themselves to that name, all for likes and subs and all that nonsense. So I, I noticed they try to torment certain family members where they think they could get the most views and the mo- most likes. But all of that's irrelevant people on who it is, who the person is. You have to look at these things from a human perspective, from a potential juror perspective. Now, I know when you go into court, and you see these informants all dressed up, talking very polite, um, being very humble, and they were very prepared for that appearance and for that performance. But a lot of jurors will buy into it and they'll think they're being told an honest account of events. Well, not only, as I've proven time and again on all of my episodes, do these informants lie. But when they're done with that, when they're done with their charade in the courtroom, they move on to their second phase of life. And in that second phase of life, it includes trying to make money off of other people's names, trying to make money off of lies, trying to make money off of this fake persona that they try to uh, impose onto people to have people believe they were tough, they were crazy, they were a man's man, all the BS. When the bottom line is they're just low life lying informants don't have a backbone, didn't have a backbone, could not be self-accountable, and just wanted somebody else to take the blame for their own misdeeds. So they decide to create a Instagram page, right, and put up all these disgusting degenerate images. And even more surprising is they get followers. They have people equally as vile following them, liking the pages, subscribing to them, I don't know how many followers this page has. Uh, I didn't even look at it. I don't want to see it. I don't even know if it's public or private. I don't want to know anything about it, but just the mere fact that it exists and there are people following it and I'd imagine low-life's liking these images, it goes to show the type of evil that's out there, folks. And we're not talking about a judgment call here. If you have any type of con- conscience, this is degenerate evil stuff, okay? And I noticed in this image, in this picture, They had two little boys now i don't know who this little boy is but i could tell by the image it it was it's a real picture it wasn't part of like the original uh meme i could tell they they put a picture on so that tells me it's somebody else's kid so that's why i blocked it out as well i was not going to have any faces on here so again i feel terrible for whoever's parents this uh, of this little boy are because again tragic why why are they in here why did they get stuffed into this meme and it's just, it's horrible. So let me walk you through this one. This one again has um, the boy's name who is who tragically died on that, on that accident. Uh, this was his image here. They have his name, and it says, he takes his last ride. Okay, right there alone. What a degenerate piece of garbage statement, right? And it says, and you're next. And it had another boy's name here, which I'm assuming is this little boy again. I don't know who he is, and. I'm really sorry for the father and mother. That's all I could say. I I don't have words for something this low. That's just terrible. This is on a whole nother level. I don't care who the parents are. Nobody deserves to have the kid thrown into this publicly on an Instagram page. And then this image is this little boy's grandfather, who is the defendant I was talking about, the high profile defendant. They put his image. so. This gentleman lost his grandson. He's no longer with us, us, but they're using his image, his grandson's image, to mock, basically, the day this poor kid lost his life. Now think about that, folks. There's family at play. There's real human beings at play here. You have a grandmother who has to look at this. You have uncles who have to look at this. You have family friends who have to look at this. So not only do they have to be haunted every day of their life based on this tragedy because something like this never leaves a family, never, never goes away. Especially for the mother, never goes away this type of pain. The siblings, I mean, just doesn't disappear. So not only do they have to live with that pain, now they have to be subjected to somebody mocking their pain, making fun of their loved one, a 12-year-old little innocent boy, making fun of him. And again, whoever degenerate is, they insert two little boys. So just think about that. How can you have the conscience to actually make a meme like this? I don't care how much you hate somebody. Listen, there's a lot of lying informants on here that there's no love lost on my end, and I feel about them pretty much the same way they feel about me. I would never stoop to this level. That's not even in, in, inside me. That kind of thought would never even, even cross my mind. Their family has nothing to do with this. I would never put their family in harm's way. It has nothing to do with them. Nothing at all to do with them. I've, uh, my issues have to happen to be with the individuals and that's who I deal with. So think about the lack of conscience somebody has because you know they probably didn't make this alone. They probably had help. Like I said, they have followers, so there's people who's actually following this and liking this degeneracy. So I'm sure there's a crew behind this There's probably this informant's friends helping him, or whoever's helping him. There's a lot of, uh, behind the scenes that probably went on to make this come together. So think about the lack of conscience in those individuals. And this will show you, you know, I always watch a show called Evil Lives Here. It's a good show and it shows really sick, demented people and it gives you an insight into how evil somebody could be and what goes on within somebody's mind who is unstable. And I just, I find that stuff fascinating. I like to know the psychology of things and what makes people do certain things. And I have no answer for this. I have no answer for this. I don't know what could make somebody do something like this. It's how you're brought up and the only word I have for is just you're an evil person. You're a low life degenerate evil person. To even, for your conscious to even allow you to write these things, to use these images, to take images of a dead kid who you know died tragically and you know the family's grieving over that no matter how long it's been that pain never goes away never goes away unfortunately I know some people lost who who lost children and and they're never the same they're never the same and to to actually go through the steps how heartless can you be and that's just a ruthless heartless low-life degenerate that doesn't deserve anything good in their life nothing good in their life They deserve the misery that they bring onto other people. That's really what they deserve. And I think that's what's most disturbing when you realize and you understand, and that's my message for future jurors. Don't always believe that person in front of you who's claiming to have this changed life and wants to, and decided to be an informant because they're now a good guy. Look deeper into it. And this is one instance, this is probably the lowest level I've seen an informant go. I got to be honest, I don't think I see an informant go any lower than this, but what I want to do is a future project of mine is I want to give, do a compilation. I just want to show all the behaviors of these lying informants. So the public sees this isn't an isolated incident. This isn't a one time thing. This is their behavior in the majority of them. This is their behavior. I'm going to put together all the different comments they made threatening people saying bad things about women. Um clips from their podcast where they're making fun. I had one defendant I'm gonna put where he's making fun of his ex, uh mocking her. Uh I want to show the different uh informants on how they um how they talk, how they threaten people, I had people had informants threaten me. I just wanna show that it's not one informant, it's not two informants, it's not three informants. This is a pattern. All these lying informants have a pattern. And when you're dealing with a liar, they're dangerous, dangerous people. There's nothing worse than a liar. It's a very dangerous person. I shouldn't say there's nothing worse. There's a, there's a lot worse, but you know what I mean. It's it's a bad trait to have. And this is even beyond that. Here's a prime example. This is just a low life degenerate. This is worse than a liar. This is just a piece of garbage individual that has no soul and they have no conscience that just kind of tells them, hey. You're going too far. Think about it, right? You want to do certain things sometimes and you're like, ah, that doesn't really jive. Don't do that. Even myself, if I get mad sometimes, I want to react and I'm like, oh, I'm going to say this or do that. And I think about it. I'm like, ah, that's not really your character. Don't do something like that. And it's nowhere near the scope of this bottom of the barrel degenerate filth. I'm talking more about language and things like that. you know, I could definitely have a colorful language. <laughs> I don't use it on here because it's not the format. But I'm no saint. I'll, uh, you hear me in my private life or with my friends. I'm sure I say a lot of uh, choice words. It's just not the format for it here. I, I I don't use it here. But to describe these images, if I wanted to be brutally honest, to describe what I think about the person who made these images, honestly, it pr- I'd probably be cursing every other word. Every other word I'd probably be cursing. So I'm tr- I, I'm not going to do that. So. The best I could come up with is garbage, pale, low life, and degenerate. That's the best I could come up with without really going and saying what I want to say. I wanted to do this episode because I just felt it's an important episode to memorialize. It's important for the public, for potential jurors, for people who say are against we push back. I understand. You don't like it. You you like informants. I get all that. Um, we, we could agree to disagree on that. Uh, I have a different perspective on it I make it known but that's fine but if you're human you have any kind of uh, compassion or empathy this is not acceptable on any level this is not acceptable on any level as I said this shouldn't be done to anybody not anybody not the lying informants family nobody this is unacceptable behavior and this just shows society and some of the members of society folks and that's what's scary a lot of those members who think like that, who conducts themselves in this manner, they wind up being a juror. Now, when they say juror of your peers, I don't know about you, but they're definitely not my peer if these are the things they can align with and do. And that's what's scary. You don't know who you're going to get on the jury. Is it one of the people who follows a page like this? Is it one of the individuals who likes these type of images? That's what's scary, folks. And that's what I try to have people look at and understand and and grasp that although the system sounds like a great system, it doesn't play out. The way it's written on paper, because you have to factor in the human aspect of things and you have to factor in the character of people who taint it and, and, and and change it from what the initial intentions of the justice system are. And when you have people who lie at all costs for their own freedom and to avoid any kind of punishment that they may have wind up getting, if they didn't inform onto a bigger target, these are the things you got to be aware of these are the things that need to make you think well what kind of human being could do this well there are people like that who do it And here's a prime example and this is on Instagram again you don't get any more bottom of the barrel than this and I, I was hesitant to even do this episode but I felt I had to do it I felt I wanted to memorialize this I wanted to really spotlight their behavior and what they do and this should not be anything on any level to anybody with an ounce of humanity in this system that is okay that is not that big a deal this is a big deal this is degeneracy at its finest this is a problem and this is why when I see things like this I get even more motivated for we push back for my podcast for what I could do in my spare time to bring attention to these things so images like this Actions like this truly spark a fire in me to respond in the proper way. We all want to respond in different ways when you see things like this. But I'm I have, I'm pretty good with controlling my emotions and responding in the right way and using my brains to respond and not my heart. And that's the key I found for being the, the most effective. You have to respond with your brain and not your heart. That's the only way you could be effective, that's the only way you could really connect with the public because the public won't always be able to relate to your emotion. Sometimes you'll be, you'll sound crazy, people will be like, oh, I was a crazy person. So you've got to try to keep that at bay, I know it's hard and you've got to try to respond and strategize in a way where you're pulling on your brain power and not your heart and not your, your uh, emotion and it's not easy, I know it's not easy but it's a necessity. So, again, I'm going to take this down. I don't even like looking at it. I even feel, honestly, I don't even feel right showing it and explaining it. It bothers me. But I I feel I've done it in a respectful manner. And I I think I've got the point across. I think it's an important episode. It's not not really an episode that I'm proud of in the sense that uh, the educational value of it or the information. But I think the message is very powerful. I'm proud of it in that sense. When I say I'm not proud of it, I just mean that the content bothers me to have to even address it. That's what I mean. It just bothers me to have to address it. But it's very important and I feel it's very important for the public to to see these things and just to weigh these things and to understand that this tends to be a pattern with these lying informants. And this is the behavior you're seeing exhibited by these lying informants and on a continued continued basis this isn't a one one up type thing this goes on these pages go on every day there's uh, podcasts that go on every day where these informants are bashing people mocking people abusing people using somebody's family member as an image I had an informant again he thinks he's he thinks he's smart but he's really not he's not too bright you could just you listen to for five minutes you could tell the IQ isn't there but they think they're gonna get a rise out of me they'll use my father's image And they'll say some nasty stuff and they'll try to abuse them. I know what they're doing. They're trying to get under my skin, but it's going to take a lot more than that. If they're going to do a battle of the wits, I'm sorry, but they're pretty outmatched in that department. And if that sounds arrogant, yeah. When it comes to these lying informants, I'm pretty arrogant. I know I'm a better person than them on every level. So I find those feeble attempts, those elementary attempts, funny to me. The attempts they do are funny to me. See this, this isn't funny. What I just showed you, that's not funny. That's degenerate, that's low life. What they try doing to me, that's funny. That's entertaining. Uh, that's the best they got with their stupid uh, uh, insults and they'll try to attack uh, my father and they'll try to say nasty things. And that's, anybody could do that. that that's easy, that's for, the, that's for the Neanderthals. Remember the episode I did on We Push Back on Neanderthals, that's for their brain. That's how they respond to things. But i wanted to talk about this because this is important and this is important for the public to see and i want the public to let this digest and just try to put yourselves in the defendant's family shoes now i'm not saying to put yourself in the defendant's shoes because i know a lot of people think well if they're a criminal they deserve whatever i know people think like that so put yourself in the in the family shoes say you have a family member who's away did something and somebody testified against them and now you have to endure this they're away maybe they're no longer with us or they're in jail or sitting in jail and now you're on the outside and you have to endure this and what amazes me with these lying informants they call their big brother and big sister the government for every little thing you would think that the government would have a better handle on what they're doing even their handlers they spend all this money on these informants i've shown statistics go to wepushback.com half a billion dollars one year on informants and you mean to tell me they don't know what they're doing? They don't tell them you can't be on the internet you can't be mocking family members you can't be doing that and it goes back to what i always say imagine defendants family doing that imagine i was making memes of these informants family first off i would never do that that's degenerate so i won't even say that about myself but let me say this imagine i was making memes about the informants just all crazy memes and you don't think i'd have a situation for that of course i would of course i would but they're allowed to do that not only are they allowed to do that they're not even picking on the defendants they testified against they're picking on family members they're picking on little boys 12 year old boys imagine that just think about that ladies and gentlemen regardless of what side you're on of things just think about that that concept i think anybody with an ounce of humanity could come together on that concept that that's unacceptable on every on any level and a lying informant should not be, have the ability to do that and they should be monitored more closely to prevent that because what course does the uh when you think about what course does the victim of these things really have they gotta go the legal route They gotta get tied up in the legal system goes on and on and from what I understand this this individual is already in litigation and this is still going on you mean to tell me this person's in litigation and they still don't have a handle on it they still can't prevent these things from popping up I just don't get it I just don't get how things are run the priorities in this government are all switched around all switched around you you can't have favorites you can't have your little informant buddy favorite and you protect them and let them run rampant and do whatever they want it's not supposed to work that way okay I get it the informant helped you helped you build your case helped you get the target you want but come on this is unacceptable this is unacceptable. this is a fracture in the system there has to be much more processes in order rules and regulations when it comes to these informants there has to be and I think that's gonna be um, a topic in the future, especially we put in a rule 33 and it's gonna be part of our appeal of what goes on on these podcasts and the inconsistencies and whatnot. I think that's gonna spark a lot of changes on what they're allowed to do on these podcasts. Cause this is, it's the only rule 33 I heard of or any motion related to a podcast in any of these cases. We are able to use their words to show how they conduct themselves after the trial. Now, obviously, for an appeal, you have to use it in a different way. It's not really about their behavior, it's about the lies and stuff. But my point just is, I think that's going to spark interest with members of the government who are really going by the law and just trying to do their job and trying to honor the Constitution. I think it's going to spark them to say, well, what's going on? This isn't right. We can't allow this. But right now, this is what goes on. So when people ask about we push back and why it's important and then you get people, oh, it's nonsense. No, it's not nonsense. This is why it's important. And things like that show me even more so how important it is and motivate me even more so to make sure I could maximize my efforts to do what I can to get it the exposure it needs. When I see things like this, it starts a fuel, starts a fire in me. It's the fuel to that fire. And I was out uh, tonight. I had no intentions of doing an episode probably till next week. But when I saw these images, again, I just knew I had to do something. I had to talk about it and I had to let the public know, let my listeners know of what goes on. So you ask, how far could these lying informants go? Here's a snapshot of how far they're willing to go. Till next time.
0: You've been listening to the Justice Tech Pros podcast with Dominic Kria, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, discussing the obstacles the defense team faces when trying a case, what goes on behind the scenes during pre-trial and motion phase, holding defense attorneys accountable, making sure they're fighting for their clients, the difference between textbook law and how things truly play out in a courtroom, and everything in between. And everything in between. We hope you've gotten some some useful and practical information from this show and we'll be back soon until then find us on twitter facebook and instagram at justice tech pros to email the show with questions and comments it's podcast at justicetechpros.com till next time this is justice tech pros podcast and dominic crea signing off